This episode of Roderick on the Line is sponsored by America Votes with Cards Against Humanity. Cards Against Humanity asks Americans to vote this November. Hello. Hi, John. Hi, hi, Merlin. How's it going? Oh, it's going so good. Oh, good morning. Mm. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, no, what? Huh, what, who? Hmm? Say who? What? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, catch a what? Mm. It's the human I, condition. I was on a plane all night. Oh, that's no good. You don't want that. No, I arrived at, in Seattle at 5... 15 a.m. a.m. You, you, were, you were on a plane five hours ago. Yeah, a- that's ish. right. Yeah. That's right. Oh. And, uh, uh, and then I woke up with a sore throat. Mm. And, you know, if I was our podcast partner, pal, Dan Benjamin, mm-hmm. I'd already be at the doctor's office. You'd be, you'd be at the doctor twice by now. I would have canceled this episode of the show for you're sure. Doing, you're doing your ropes training. Because I would have needed some medical attention. Oh, my God. But but I am not Dan Benjamin. I am me, and I'm here in the chair. Oh, man. You sound like like you're about to blow. I'm about... (laughs) No, no, here's the thing. I realize that you've been flying, and you're you're a little bit sick. But just so you know, you also sound like you could just blow up right now. Like, you could really... This could be it. This could be... If you ever need to emulate the feeling of this is the last straw, Mm. this is the voice. Listen... I I do not want to miss my chance to blow. A guarantee. You know, because... No more attempts on my father's life. <laughs> Opportunity comes once in a lifetime, Merlin. Well, I will try to join you in this tone. All right. All nice. right. Why were, like- why were you traveling? <laughs> I'm going to do this entire program with clenched teeth. <laughs> was it for business or pleasure? It was. There is I, no pleasure in flying. Well... Uh, Hold on. All right. I, I went up to the nice lady and I said, listen. <laughs> now you sound I, like Uncle Remus. Now you, I, you, uh, sound, you sound like a genial old black man. <laughs> you know, inside me, uh huh, there are a lot of selves. Oh, you're, you're like Walt Whitman. But I, I, you know, I was booked on a flight that left at 2 a.m. and got in at 6.55 or something like that. And I went up to the counter here's the thing about alaska airlines you can change your flight right there at the kiosk so i changed it to an earlier flight but then i was on a middle seat in the middle of the plane it was going to be awful Merlin. it was going to be worse than bad well how far from i mean where were you if i could ask were you flying from la are you are you saying that that if it was a one hour flight that that would be somehow more tolerable I guess it would if it was an eighteen hour flight. I need I need to have more facts in order to propose some kind of preposterous theory about you could probably suck it up for two hours. But <laughs> it was a, Dignity. It was, dignity comes into it. It was a three hour flight, but I went up to the lady, you know, you you gotta know the deal, mm-hmm. right? And and forty five minutes before the flight takes off, they close the flight. Oh yeah. That that that's I don't understand that. Well, Especially it, considering that they quote unquote open the flight usually about five minutes before that. Well, no, but you sit what, there. There's nobody there. There's yeah. there might be signage about what's going to happen there at some point later in the day. Eventually, one harried person shows up, 
a lot of white men run to the counter and then they close the flight. That's right. The flight is closed and I'm one of those white men. And I say, listen, I know you're about to close the flight and I really can't be in this seat for a variety of reasons. I'm a very special person and I have right here, I have my service horse (laughs) (laughs) whom I've trained to tap his hooves in order to communicate how desperately I need this chair. I won't be able to interact with Winston. And she took, yeah, my service turkey. And she took me, she just like very, very cash on the down low, just put me right in an exit row. Right on the aisle in an exit row that didn't have a person in the middle seat. It was just, it was full flight. The, the, the woman prior had told me there were no seats available. They closed that flight, and that's when those exit seats come online, Merle. Uh-huh. Anyway, I was flying from Anchorage, Alaska, my hometown, because I went back to attend my 30th high school reunion. Uh. And I don't know if you remember the film Peggy Sue Got Married. No. Yeah. Probably. I think that was uh, one of the early Nicolas Cage films. Yeah, it was an 80s film where Kathleen Turner went back in time to her 30 or 30 years to when she was in high school. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's ringing a bell. And that came out when we were in high school and Kathleen Turner was enviably uh thought to be an actress who could play who could go back and play herself in high school. She was the Michael J. Fox of the story. But now it's the, me. the standards the, let's be honest, the standards have changed. It's true. It's like, you know, how sometimes they measure the, uh, the economy uh, by how much Big Mac costs. I think today you can judge the health of uh, what it means to be an actress in Hollywood by uh, how old you have to be to play Peter Parker's aunt, which was Ooh. originally, I think, Mrs. Cunningham, and more recently it was Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Marissa Tomei is such a good actor. Oh, yeah, she's I, good. I really admire her. I feel like, yeah. I so, feel so, like, sorry, I took you off your topic. So, so an <laughs> no, actress travels like, in time with Nicolas Cage, and we were in high school. Scarlett Johansson plays the the un, un uh, the sexually unappealing matron in a film because she's oh god, 30s. she's got to be pushing thirty now. She's thirty five or whatever. Oh my god, is she that, that old? That will be the day that I check out. No, I don't. know. I remember feeling uncomfortable about finding her attractive in that uh, in that Steve Buscemi movie. With the other girl. Uh, because Cause, she, cause she's a teenager. She's supposed she to be a teenager. Was, right. She was playing a teenager. And yeah, yeah it made you feel uncomfortable. <clears throat> a lot of things make me uncomfortable. But yeah. I love movies. How do you feel about songs from the 50s, 60s, and 70s that reference uh, like younger women? This is that's that's uh, this. Uh, I won't hear your anecdote, but that that's a big topic. I, it's actually it keys into something that I think about a lot, which is the coded language of men over mm-hmm. time. And I, I was, I was sitting around the other day as I was urinating and, and it occurred to me, uh, you know, cause there's always been code. There's mm-hmm. always been code where you say stuff like, you know, when you say stuff like, you know, Oh, there's going to be girls there. And for a long time when I was younger, I would think that that meant, Oh, I can get a date or uh-huh. like, or I'll have a chance to try out my social skills. Oh, there's going to be girls there. And then as I got a little older, I started to see like, Oh yeah, that's probably some girls I can kiss on. Oh, and yeah. then as I got a little earlier, when there'd be a scene where the guy said, let's go to this party, there's going to be girls. I'm pretty sure that was code for, we're going to have intercourse. Oh, wow. 
And now I find myself, as I'm older and urinating, I think to myself, I wonder how many times that means I could force a girl to, uh, to do something with me. You know, huh. there's certain kinds of codes in earlier times. Do you know what I'm saying? And as for, like, uh, chasing around teenage girls, well, you know, Chuck Berry ran into a little trouble with that. I thought he ran into trouble because he was hiding in toilets. Uh, in toilets. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, thing with, that's the thing with Chuck Berry. You find out, you know, it was around the time, you know, uh, Day the Music died, and you're like, oh, all those guys died in a crash, and, and then, you know, Chuck Berry violated the Man Act, and you're like, and then, you know, in that case... You know, what's her name? Kathleen Quinlan. Who's the girl? Kath- Kathleen Turner. You know, the funny thing going back in time is, oh, all he did was try to transport his cousin over the state line for Nookie. But hmm. like, who knows? He might have had some prototypical uh, Russian spy camera in the uh, bus bus station bathroom because that's really his thing. So I decided I think, he's, I think he's a dookie man. I decided to to yeah, to to uh, figure out what the real story of the of the uh whoever the character was that actually was hiding inside a porta potty uh, because they want they wanted to watch people go to the potty yeah and i so I think he, I think he at the, at the, the to, to put a little point on it i think he had some partial ownership in right. like a, an establishment like a restaurant yeah, right and so at some point he caused cameras to be installed where he could watch ladies go to the bathroom. But there was someone who actually was in the toilet. That's right. And he, had, so, he had to fill out a form for that probably. So I, I just tried to Google hiding in toilet. <laughs> and that's going to go on my permanent record, right? Google has put that now. Trapped in cabinets. Trapped in cabinets. <laughs> that has put in. Google is Sergey Brin right that, that's now. That's there now. So the, you're going you're to yeah. get ads based on was it hiding in, hiding in. Hiding, hiding in toilet. And so. <laughs> So whenever whenever I put something into Google, I imagine Sergey Brin sitting at a big desk with, this is interesting. with Google Glass on. <laughs> and an entire heads up display and array yeah. of things spin out of that. He clicks he clicks there's like three pathways he could choose for you at this point. It's like it's well, like a Jabo for your sexuality. Well no, but this is my this is my imagination, right? So okay. he's 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 got heads up displays that because this is a cinematic imagination are visible to us the viewer. Right out there in in virtual space in front of him, the desk is completely clean of any other no accoutrements, no pen holder, no picture of his family. There's no Google cl- Pen. Clean broad desk. He's sitting there in a black turtleneck with the with the uh, in homage. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, he's wearing Google Glass. And then a secretary walks in and puts a piece of paper on his desk. Oh, he, he, does he scan it with, scan no, no, it with no. his Google Glass? She puts, it, she puts it face down on his desk, piece of paper, okay. and he picks it up, and it says, hiding in toilet. <laughs> it because appears to be a new wrinkle in the sexuality of John Roderick. He's monitoring me in a different way, <laughs> and he doesn't want... He doesn't want the record on his Google Glass. Oh, that he's, wow. That anything, any information he finds about me, it's on paper, and then he burns it. Has he been doing this for a while, John? That, in my imagination, he has. Like Since Here, he's had the ability, you, you've been on his uh, glass screen. But here's the, tr- here's the wrinkle. Yeah. I went to write hiding in toilet, and I swear to you, accidentally, f- a finger fumble, I wrote hiding in turlet. <laughs> <laughs> That's which, an Archie Bunker fetish. That's right, which is a little bit of encoded language. It's actually much more appropriate. Whoever it was that did hide in the toilet probably pronounced it turlet. Yeah. But now Sergey, who's not a native English speaker, no, gets that on a piece of paper. Oh boy. 
hiding in Turlet. <laughs> and he's, that's hard to parse. And the thing is, you could Google it probably, but he wants no record. So he's looking at hiding at Turlet. Oh. And he's making no sense out of this. Oh, I guess you could you could just Google Turlet. <laughs> Suddenly, some, somewhere down in Mountain View, you hear, boop. Grace, <laughs> clear my calendar. <laughs> Grace, will you come in here, please? <laughs> because he's Chekhov. <laughs> Cancel got- everything, Grace. I will require a moment. So now there is an article here after <clears throat> after Googling hiding in Turlet. <laughs> Uh, there's an article here on the Huffington Post, which is ne- which is never wrong. Mm-mm, mm-mm. The uh, porta potty peeper, huh? Uh, from Boulder, Colorado, porta potty peeper, porta potty peeper <laughs> prompts. This is that they they use some alliteration. Porta potty peeper prompts porta potty probe p- policing. Oh no, probe, huh? Uh, but then I clicked on. The article, and uh, what came up was an inspiring way New Orleans youth persevered 11 years post-Katrina. Oh, boy. So. I think Sergey's going to have to take some personal time. Another piece of paper is gently <laughs> slid onto his desk. Wait a minute. Down the, down, the, down the page here, toilet terror as Python bites man's penis while he sits on the loo. That's Huffington Post? No, this is somewhere else. This is Well, he, they say loo. So you know it's got to be some kind of... You know where that comes from? British uh, potty talk. You know where that comes from? Lou? Supposedly, turns out. Mm. It comes from um, that the toilet the, in a public uh, building in England was often uh, room 100. <gasps> really? Turns out. I don't know if that's true. You could Snopes that. That's Personally, really I, I think, John, at this point, you should probably just stop searching. I think you've, you've given plenty of Tinder... To the Google man. I just clicked on... <laughs> That's one of my favorite guys, Stephen's albums. Tinder for the Google man. Tinder for the Google man. Well, I... I, uh, I, uh, I I'm being on, followed by... I clicked on Toilet Terror as Python bites man's penis while he sits on the loo before bloody battle ensues. That's the, the rest of the headline. Huh. So now that piece of paper is getting slid across that desk right this very moment. And, you know, he's, he's got other work to do. He's up in the Google Glass moving billions of dollars around. He's buying yachts. He's doing stuff. See, I'm imagining that it, it, because most of what I know about running a large corporation comes from watching TV shows in the, in the 70s. I imagine that periodically somebody comes in to interrupt him. He's frustrated. They thrust a giant pile of papers and say, sign here and here and here and here. So he's still, he's still splitting his attention. He occasionally has to do something. He has to decide that something needs to be purchased. He, he, he maybe orders a couple Teslas. He signs some merger and acquisition documents, but the whole time he's thinking about the Turlet Pythons. The thing is that the number of uh, situations in, <clears throat> in my life presently where people send me an email where they want me to use an, some kind of app to sign the email and send it back, a secure app, yeah. si- sign it now or sign with a Z, signs. Mm. And I've got some of these programs, and I sit and try to navigate them and, and sign my document virtually and send it back. And you're always, you're often, often kind enough to include me in the thread for this. 
<laughs> because I'm on it. my phone. I, I conduct every... my business on my telephone, and <laughs> I frankly don't understand why I would need to virtually sign a Z on this form. Yeah, this application is not loading properly on my telephone. Yeah, what I what I say is, can you not accept an email authorization of this, like? contract for five dollars it's like it's like yeah exactly see that's that's the part that kills me (laughs) it's like you know i'm not boeing right you want me to like come and do like a little puppet show for 42 minutes yeah and like we're talking about like what what you spend on light bulbs in an afternoon in this one building we're talking about like rounding error levels of money here that i won't see for six months and yet i have to fill out the boeing form yeah like uh like no i I don't have a million dollars in insurance nobody has a million dollars in insurance who are you I, I have now spent more time trying to sign this form than I did during the during the presentation you hired me to give. Like <sighs> my my show was not this long. I'm two hours into trying to sign your fucking contract. You know what it is? Also, it's a professional eel. Those organizations, and God love the people who are in charge of putting those forms on my phone. But they have a bunch of people who just sit around all day doing nothing but making those little gears turn just a tiny little bit. Yeah. And like, yeah. but the thing is, I'm over here and I got stuff to do. It's not important yeah. stuff. You got it's no important. Soup. Well, I got no soup. You got this guy over here, not me. Yeah. Uh, and the whole thing, I'm, I'm not an important man, John. And like, as that. I like to say, John, I'm not busy. I'm time constrained. Like, uh-huh. I, I'm not busy, but I've built my life for 49 years getting to where I can be time constrained without being busy. When you make me sign something with a Z on my phone, you're making me busy and you're attaching an eel to my phone. That's right. Uh, we see this all the time. Yes. People who they're they are getting work credit for sending emails oh they get they get paid to not make that gear turn buddy and i am sitting here not getting work credit for receiving their emails so it it costs them nothing to send me five emails a day to make sure that i'm going to be there at load in time mm. cost them nothing it's their it's their job they're being rewarded for it but every one of those emails i have to use my eyes to look at and all you, those you forms even, I you, have to sign. If you ignore it, it still takes a minute to decide to ignore it. That's you right. don't get paid for ignoring things. Well, then I get 14 more emails just checking to make sure that you got my email. Well, they like to circle back. And, make sure, uh, sure you got that uh, Z form. I don't know if we talked about this, but, you know, I, I was getting phone calls to, to make sure I'd seen the email that was making sure that I'd seen the text that was telling me what time to be a place where the thing where the time to be a place had been carefully stated in five or six emails I'd already received. And the great, great part is those people will get to retire. Yeah, Th- those yeah. people have a job where they get paid the same amount of money every month and they get to retire. Their kids get to go to college and That's you're right. sitting there answering emails about, did you get my phone call about the email about the phone call about the gig and load in? Yeah. Like send me, send me this signed contract so I can send you the money I owe you. Oh my God. For a thing you did already. That I asked you to, you know, that I said I would pay you to do, but I can't pay. I there's an outstanding one right now. I am owed money by a music company in England, yeah, for a, for some work I did on an album. Was this before Brexit, John? This is right circa Brexit. Yeah, and they and it's like it's like when you become a Microsoft vendor. I went online. Somebody sent me an email, and they were like, "Just click here and sign up as a vendor for MCA." dot uk or whatever <laughs> and that then we'll be able to pay you and i went right. online and i filled out the whole fucking form and then i clicked on send and it 
and it, it asked an inscrutable question. Like it went to another page upon which there was a, an inscrutable question and I tried to answer it and it did not accept my answer oh, and would not accept the form. And, you know, I hurt no one but myself when I say, go fuck yourself. You have now, I've now gone to a third location with a hippie. Yeah, never do that. And I do not want to be here anymore. Go fuck yourself. You're, you're the weirdo. You're the weirdo. Yeah. That's, that is inscrutable to them that you would not want to take another couple days out of your life to just go deal with the, uh, with the content management system again. Because well, what it required is that I then email the person back who sent me the email. And, and I have to just wipe all the work I've done so far because I can't get back to that screen. I have to email that person and say, what is, the, what is this question about? What do I have to... F- what the question was, who was your reference? Oh, yeah. Put, name the person that was your reference. And I put in the name of the person that sent me the email. Because obviously, no. we don't have access to the system that you spent yeah. all that time. We have to go find it. Was it Joni? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. well, no, Joni emailed me. I get these emails all the time about who's my new contact. I think, mm. I think Joni might be three people ago. Yeah. You ever get yeah. those? You've, I know you've gotten those. Hi, I just want to introduce my replacement. Yeah. Cheers, well, it's like, Joni. <laughs> it's like when, you, when you're at the airport and, you're, and you type, do you have your flight number? No. Here's my name. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your final destination today? Here's my final destination. All right. Now you have my name and my final destination. Tell me that there are more than one John Roderick right now that are going to Seattle. Tell- can't, can't do it, sir, because security. <laughs> and so then it's like, oh, well, which flight are you on? And here's a list of five flights. Pick the one that you're on. All right. Um, I don't remember which one I'm on. This one? That one? <laughs> Sorry. You're, you're now back out at the front. Back out at the front of the, back out at the gate. Push mm. the button. Can I get in, please? I uh, want it all to die, Merlin. I want mm-hmm. everything. I want it all to die, and I want it to go back to triplicate. Do you remember triplicate? Yeah. I surely do. I remember the goldenrod. Uh, oh, goldenrod. I love the so goldenrod. I think the goldenrod was usually my copy. Do, do you remember? Did you, did you smell mimeograph paper? Oh, we've talked about this. Of course I did. <laughs> I, smelled did all, I smelled all the things. It, it, I passed it on to my daughter. She's a huffer now. She smells. Oh, she'll she'll enjoy a Sharpie. Do you remember sitting at a gas station when there were no things that kept chlorofluorocarbons from just pouring into the atmosphere? Oh, the triplicate And just huffing that gas. Oh, that gas. Yeah. The leaded gas, Merlin, that we huffed. Oh, I miss the gas. I miss the mimeograph paper. So it's 1985. Peggy Sue Bodell sets off to her 25-year high school reunion oh, with her oh, daughter, 25. Beth. Oh, oh, okay. She's just so. separated from her high school sweetheart, now husband, Charlie, and is wary of attending the reunion because of everyone questioning her about his absence as they have been married since Peggy became pregnant right after graduation. I had this very conversation just last, just, just last night with one of my high school classmates. Yeah, just, this is directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Were you aware of that? Uh, no. I was not aware of that. Someone getting divorced just now after having been married since high school. That's heavy. The entire time that you and I have been doing this podcast, and before that even, 
these two people were married all the way back to when I was in high school, and now they're getting a divorce. <sighs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of become the default assumption. You know, it's like I, I recently reconnected with a pal from uh, college. She, I noticed somebody following me and responding to me. I was like, hmm, that person has the name of somebody I was pretty good friends with in college. And so I did that thing that's really awkward where I said, um, is there any chance? What's your final destination? What's your final, <laughs> what's your flight? <laughs> I said, um, is this any chance? Is there any chance that this is the thus and such person that I knew in college? Which, you know, it's a you know, fairly unusual name, but I thought I'm probably going to sound like a loon because who yeah. knows? And she was like, of course it's me. Yeah. And so I went, I was uh, like, oh my the, God. You sent an, is this thus and such message? I did. I sent that, that message. And then uh, I went and I was exploring what she's been up to. And it's like, she's still with the guy that I mostly, those closer friends with uh, in college. They're, they're, they're still together. And I was like, wow, that's, I mean, that feels like the exception. Yeah. You just, well, you can't assume, you can't go like, you know, oh, how's Christine or whatever? Or, yeah. you know, oh, what about James? How is he? And it's like, I don't know. We haven't talked since 1992. And you're like, oh, sorry. Oops. Yeah. I said that to a guy too. I was like, hey, you still seeing Natasha Rasmussen or whatever? And he was like, not since 1994. I was like, oh, what's been happening since then? Well, I have three kids. One of them's 22 years old. Shit, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Yeah, I know. It's been about 22 years. Wow. I feel about forms. I still feel very close to you. <clears throat> yeah, well, the, here's the we thing. We went to high school together. This is the ugliest, the ugliest part of it. I, I really wish you'd tell me more about your story. But uh, the ugliest part of this is that uh, when I sit here and I realize, right, I go and I Google somebody and... You know, so many of my friends, they're, they're, they're still out there. Some of them are still writers. A lot of them have become developers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll look somebody up and I'll go, wow, shit, man. That guy, he looks like he's pu- pushing 50. Shit, dog. Shit, dog. And I'll be like, and then I'll go like, it's weird because I know they were mostly my age in 1986. And the crazy part is they're still mostly my age today. Because in my head, they will always be 19 or 20. I know this is an obvious thing, but like when you actually are confronted with like, holy shit, you're you're older now than you than your dad was when I met you, which and seems impossible. That's, mm. And now you're <clears throat> older still. Did they email? I, did they email you about this? Did they email? How did they let you know, John? It's time for the thirty. You say thirtieth reunion. Yes. How do they? So it's your high school. Is it, you went to the high school that wasn't the good high school. You went to the other no, high school. No, it was a good, a perfectly fine high but school. But you're not the high school that got Ozzy Osbourne. No, we're, we weren't. We were so the you've always pro- I feel like you've always portrayed it as like you were the also ran. You we were the white were ribbon. White, white, you went to white ribbon high. Uh, we were high school number two. Mm-hmm. High school number one uh, for many, many years was the only high school. And they also had the auditorium that seat. Uh, uh, seated 2,000 people, so everyone in Anchorage, when there was something to do, when there was an event in, in 1960, everybody in the city went and sat in the West High Auditorium. And on the side of the West High Auditorium is a giant bald eagle shrieking through the sky with its talons outstretched to catch a giant anchor, a giant befouled anchor like in relationship to this screaming eagle, it is a truly badass logo. And then it was determined that the city was growing and it needed a second high school. Oh, also West High's colors were black and orange. Very tough, 
Well, see those, you those letter what, jackets. Do you, recall, do you recall what yours were? Oh, sure I do. What were, what were yours? Well, let me get there. Okay. Because when they started, when they built East High School, they did not give it a 2,000-seat auditorium. And the mascot was the Thunderbird, a mythical animal. And the Thunderbird was represented in sort of Native American, uh, like, general, vague Native American iconography. Uh, But a Thunderbird is not, that's not part of the... um, the Eskimo. That's more like that feels like mythology. more of like a Southwest, um, like of the lower forty-eight, like a Southwest uh, Native American kind of thing. Like you, you, uh, see a, you, you see a Thunderbird thing. I feel like maybe in like in like a, in an Arizona or in New Mexico, and even like Pacific Northwest. Yeah, coast you know, people. I can also see a Vancouver t- type Thunderbird. They, there's yeah. all kinds of what do they call it? Indigenous? No, Aboriginal peoples? Whatever. That's that's a huge theme. When we were in Vancouver, it was like it was unironically a big part of the culture. There was like this yeah, awareness right. like, of that culture. Let's ca- let's call it a uh, let's let's call it an indigenous myth mythology. My wife and, and I went to a fancy dinner at a place that was all like it was like kind of fancy, but like. Uh, authentic-ish, upscale, like, uh, I don't want to say something racist, but I don't want to say Indian, whatever the, the term they use there is, but what's the, whatever the, the tribes of the, like, British Columbia. They're still very aware of that. They got totem poles in the park, and there's a whole thing, you know? The, uh, the, uh, the Haida and the Tlingit, right? The Tlingit are from a little bit further north, up okay. the coast. The Haida are from right around there, but there are a lot of sub, sub-tribes. Right, right, right. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the 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 tribes from right around here. I mean, I I could name forty of them, but they're all related to the Haida, okay. the, the the Supra tribe. But the thunder. One thing the Thunderbird is not is either an Eskimo, uh, like icon, nor is it really like a Central Alaskan. I don't. I don't. I don't think of it as a as an Athabascan uh, image. And Anchorage is not really part of the turf of the, of the Plinket, who, you know, their turf ends down there in the Wrangles somewhere. I know I'm using a lot of words that it's don't a, mean it's anything. It's word salad, you. but I'm riding the wave. <laughs> and so, But it sounds a little I, bit like saying, it's like it might as well, it's as meaningful as saying, like, hey, we're the pirates. Well, we've never really had pirates here, or whatever. Well, they're, they're adopting some kind of a, a culture. Yeah, but even yeah, right. It's not. There's no. There are no hurricanes on the west coast, so you shouldn't be called. You shouldn't say like the East High Hurricanes. They, you know, it should be cyclones or whatever. But yeah, this is this is some. There aren't totem poles in Anchorage. Let's just put it that way. There are no totem poles, but the East High logo looks like it came from a totem pole. So right away, you're feeling like um, and then. To make matters worse, our colors were red, white, and powder blue. Uh. So our letter jackets were, the, the body of them were powder blue. That sounds kind of like maybe like Eastern European. It, well, and, uh, and uh, my lady friend went uh, to my reunion with me, and she said, I find those very attractive colors. Hmm. And I said, but, but, but 
Yes, okay, but are they butch sports colors? She, she's she's a millennium. She's a millennium, so she's like, I don't even know what you're talking about, butch sports colors, but I think it's a very attractive jacket. In, in, in any case, so here we are against the fighting eagles of West High, and we're like the, the powder blue Thunderbirds. It was tough. And, and what, what drives me crazy is, were there no other fierce animals in Alaska that could have been the mascot of the second high school? Yeah. How about a bear? What about a wolf? These are there. There are these. You could have even and, gone with, you know, something that seems to be a touchdown for you, which is the hardy stock of the various peoples that have come there over time. So like yeah, in the, the case pioneers. of like you got the San Francisco 49ers or something like that, mm-hmm. you could go with something that's about the people, but instead they, they transplanted a Thunderbird. Sure, the Anchorage uh, Anchors. Sure. Or no, West High already had the anchor. Let's say uh, they had the Eagle and the Anchor. That's so infuriating. And if they had a secret society, I bet it was called the Eagle and the Anchor. Mm. Here we are, the Thunderbird and the and the uh, cultural co-optation. And we could have been, <clears throat> so the third high school or whatever, Bartlett. I think that Bartlett was the third. <laughs> Fucking maybe, Bartlett. Maybe Diamond was the third. It could have been, yeah, I think one of those. You know, they're the Bears. The diamond are the something else's. So here's East High. The, whew, we fought. We fought. a Just going there was a fight. Were you scrappy? We were. Yeah. We were the scrappy upstarts. Mm-hmm. And so I'm back at the reunion. East High Thunderbirds. Go T-Birds. Mm-hmm. And my classmates, at least the ones that came to the reunion, are in fine shape. They're in fine fettle. There were a lot of people there that that did look the same, like looked the same or better than they did in high school. And I was thinking, when I went to the 20-year reunion, you know, everybody had kind of thickened up. And it seemed to bode that by the time you got to the 30-year reunion, we were just going to be flesh mounds. <laughs> but people were in good shape. They, you know, they looked sharp. They had, they had sparkle in their eyes. A lot of them, their you know, their third kid was graduating from high school, and they were ready to start a new adventure in life. Oh, Jenny. And I was standing there, like in my Banana Republic blazer that I bought at a Salvation Army for a dollar, and thinking to myself, "Christ Almighty, what a good-looking bunch of people! Mm-hmm. How did this? How they are older than my friends' parents were when I was in high school." But my friend's parents looked like meat piles with hair. You know, they, were, they needed to trim the hair on their ears. And here, my, my high school classmates look like they're the freaking Kennedys. So times have changed and the, and the expectations are up, up, up. I, 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 I went immediately to a drugstore and bought just for men mustache dye. Oh, nice. <laughs> you should see me now. I look like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <coughs> this November, we head to the polls and select the 45th president of the United States of America. But today, Cards Against Humanity is asking you to vote with your dollar for the candidate that you support. The Democratic nominee, Hillary Clinton, is a graduate of Yale Law School who has served our country as Secretary of State, Senator from New York, 
and First Lady of the United States. In her decades of public service, she has tirelessly advocated for women's rights, campaign finance reform, and access to health care. The Republican candidate, Donald Trump, will make America great again. He is a powerful CEO who wears three suits at once. All across America, buildings scream his name. Trump! Trump! He always knows what time it is. Donald Trump is a huge man who lives in a golf course. At the end of this promotion, Cards Against Humanity will tally up the sales of both packs. And depending on which pack gets more support, we will donate all the money in support of Hillary Clinton. Exercise your sacred franchise at www.americavoteswithcardsagainsthumanity.com. Uh, I'd love to see you now. <clears throat> That's uh, Tom He's a good guy, good, good, handsome guy. I'm on my way. Uh-huh. I'm on my way to you. Are you glad you went? I am. You know, there's a lot of there. A lot of people didn't go to the thirtieth, and I got a, I got a lot of feedback from people online that indicated a kind of <clears throat> a kind of sort of smug consensus that like, why would you go to your reunion? Herp derp. And I feel like I feel like some of that attitude comes from people still not realizing that life is short and there aren't and it doesn't last forever. Your your reunions are like uh they're just a uh, they're a demarcation of life, time progressing. And when I walked in the door of the reunion, I you know, I had a natural apprehension. What's this going to be like? The, I haven't seen these people in years. Do I even have anything in common with them? They're like moms and dads from Anchorage, Alaska. But then you get there and you know all these people. You know them now for for decades. Even if you haven't seen them, you know them. Like I can't remember when I meet somebody at a party and they're like, hi, my name's Andy. Their name goes right in one ear and out the other. I have no recollection of who they are one minute later. And I turn to, I lean over to their friend or mine and I go, what's, what's this guy's name again? And they go, Andy. That's, my, like, that's my secret shame. I'm like, right, Andy. And then I turn my head back and look at Andy and I've already forgotten his name. But I walk into this ski chalet where my 30th reunion is. And every single person that walks up to me, I'm like, holy shit, John Lindsay, how are you? I'm like, oh, my God, it's Chili Kikuchi. Like, I know them. Like, I, like I know that. See, was know, it chill, I'm sorry, Chili? Was chili it? Kiku, chili Kikuchi. That's a terrific name. It sounds like somebody from Greece. He's amazing. Chili Kikuchi is amazing. He lives in Denver. Hmm. You can look him up. I will. He's a real person. I will. Um, you know, I know them all. And we had a very... Like an excellent high school class. And, I, and at the time, I didn't think so. But like really interesting, excellent people who are still, still thriving. So I think, that, I think that those things, like those little dumb flags, your high school reunions, little dumb flag. Aren't you, aren't you too sophisticated for that now? You've moved to San Francisco. 
Oh no, you no, know? this is this is the irony. Is that I like I like to think that's the case, but it's really just because I'm scared. Well, and I think that's true for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that are like, I I don't go back to my hometown. I got out of there, and now I'm living. Now I've got 700 channels of television in my town. I'm not going back to that. But yeah, you go back to that, and you, it turns out that you thought you were a nerd, but none of your classmates did. They all thought you were great. Or you remember everybody hating your guts. But in fact, they all really liked you. And they're all nice now. They're all nice people, and they're not little high school jerks anymore. Everybody they says, grew up too. This is what everybody says. This is what everybody says, and it makes me feel terrible that I don't go to these things. Hmm. I think everybody should go. I know. Because people are great. I mean, there's only one guy at my high school reunion that is still working out the whole problem of cool. There's one guy who every time I see him, online he's very nice to me. Every time I see him in person, he lurks over on the other side of the room because he's not going to come say hi to me first. <laughs> There's one guy in a, in a whole room of people I went to high school that's still worried about that kind of that level of thing. And he's a super interesting guy, but he's just got this. He's just still got you can see it in him. But it's not like you're walking over to him first. You're, you're going to wait. Oh, it yeah. out. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I'm talking to people who are coming up to me to talk to me, but I'm looking across the room and I see him over there and he's just looking at his fingernails. Hmm. When I get done talking to the people who are brave enough to come over and say hello, then I do go over and say, Hey man, because I want to relieve him of this stress. But it's very funny to think that you wouldn't go to one of these things. You're like, Oh Jesus, you know, everybody's going to be high school on me, but nobody is except for one guy. There's always one guy. But this reunion was put together, in answer to your original question, it was put together on Facebook. Yeah. There were no emails. It all happened on Facebook, including all of the threads where people were saying, ah, maybe I can come, maybe I can't. How much is it? When is it? Oh, my daughter has a dance recital that day. And it's like, "Mm, yeah, this is your 30th reunion. Like, reschedule the dance recital. There's a lot of that kind of Facebook chatter. And I just was, you know, I was glimpsing it. And then I made my reservations to go to the reunion. And then I, and then I was sort of getting on the plane. And I got a text from one of my friends. I was like, all right, we'll see you in a couple of hours. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, the reunion's tonight. The reunion's tonight? Friday night? I naturally assumed it was Saturday night because I never read the invite. I didn't read the Facebook description of the <sighs> And so I made, I made a plane reservation that landed in Anchorage one hour after the event starts. And so I, I rented a car. I, I ran through the airport like a disgraced football star. Yep. Jumping over suitcases. Jumping over suitcases. Nothing but smiles. Some little old lady says, go, J-Rod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I make it into my rental 4x4, four four, and I careen across the city, a city I know intimately, all the way over to the mountains where the reunion is being held in a ski chalet. And you know what? I wasn't even late. They were just getting started. Wow. And I had the whole reunion with all my, my pals 
and then got in the four by four and raced back to the airport because my lady friend was flying in on a later flight. Mm. I did all of this in one night. Felt like a felt like I I didn't need to have flown in a day early because I I could have driven back to the airport and flown home. I could have done that whole thing. Flown in, landed, gone to the reunion, had a great time, gone, gone back to the airport, gone home. Nobody would have, I mean, I could have left a pot on the stove. You know what I'm saying, Marilyn? I, I, I do. You're, you're, uh, the, it seems like you're getting closer and closer with, uh, you know, sometimes you just need to flip that flight around. Like you're, you're getting, uh, recent history indicates that you're a man who's happy to, you, if you have to, you hop back on a plane, you'll just go straight back. You're jet, you're jet setting. How many years of our lives have we thought, oh boy. I got it. Better get those plane tickets. It's only six months till I have to fly. Oh, yeah. You know, like flying. Got to buy your deal. travel insurance. Yeah. Going on trips is a big, big deal. Changing flights is an enormous deal. You might as well just stay home. You could get stranded. If something goes wrong with your flight, you may never go home again. Yeah. And now I'm realizing that everything you do with Visa via an airline costs 100 bucks. Oh, that's like, good to know. You know what I mean? Like you've got a, you've got a wallet with hundreds in it. And every time you talk to somebody, you should just throw a $100 bill at them. But it's only $100. Once you understand that, it, it's less shocking. Yeah. It's you just say, like, this, is just, this is just how this works. Hey, can I do this? They're like, yeah, that'll be $101.95. And you're like, yeah, I knew it was going to be $100. And so here's, I have some hundreds already earmarked for this purpose. And then you get, and the thing is, that $100 allows you to be on an airplane in one hour rather than get a hotel room and wait until tomorrow. Get a $250 hotel room and wait until your originally scheduled flight or whatever. You know, like that $100 is just the thing that is required. And you can leave whenever. You can leave. You can, I mean, I was in LA, uh, in LA a couple of weeks ago and I said, I'm leaving LA right now. What a, this did not work out. This trip didn't work out. I'm leaving. And I was like $100 and I was on an airplane in an hour. So it has really stripped away the feeling that getting on an airplane is a big deal or that all that stuff, all that like we got to plan, we got to prepare. What are we going to do when we get there? Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to peel off another $100 and throw it at somebody. And then... It's just like you planned. It's just like you planned. It becomes becomes a kind of thought technology where you that's a, you're really realigning your whole idea of how this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, right. Because because if the trip originally, if you had budgeted one thousand dollars for a trip, let's say, uh, I mean that's ten one hundred dollarses. And if the flight, if you buy the flight today for a flight tomorrow, and it costs whatever, even $500, you still have 500s to throw and you still, you're still within your budget. So it was, I mean, I flew up to Anchorage on Friday and I left Sunday night. And that is a, that's ludicrous to fly to Alaska for the weekend, except it's not. It costs $300 to, you know, I, I bought my tickets with miles and Ooh, I, look at you, I, Mr. Medallion. I know, see? And then I and then I rented a car. That was two hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I threw a hundred dollars at somebody for something. I don't remember what. Don't need to know. Just just know they're gonna go. <laughs> I don't even care. It's like Mm-mm. how many how many dinners have I bought for Jason Finn that cost a hundred dollars? 
Mm, at least six. You go, you go into a place. Jason orders some Negroni. You get some appetizers. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little blanched spinach. Pizza for the table. Then the thing comes and it's $97. And you're like, fuck, that was a lot more money than I thought it was going to be. How many Negronis did you get? But he's already under the table. <laughs> you're like, well, I guess this one's on me. And that's, a, that's, that's the amount it is. It's basically the same amount that it costs to get Jason Finn under the table with a plate of blanched spinach is the cost of being able to fly at the drop of a hat. You don't get rich in life by spending money. Mm. Isn't it the other way around? Huh? You do get rich in life by spending no, money? No, no. This is the thing. Whenever somebody goes, wow, isn't it funny how rich people are the cheapest people? And you're like, well, that's spoken like a poor person. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sort of. Oh, yeah. Jason Finn, he's got more money than Sinatra. And you're out oh, there buying his Negronis, and he's under the table. You think I that's a mistake? I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah. He, 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 pats, he pats at his at his fleece that he's always wearing. Like, I'm not sure if I got my wallet, man. <laughs> you do it better, Jason Finn, than I do. Hi, Jason. I don't know if he still listens. I'm sure he does. He listens on his runs. So <sighs> a, lot, a lot of the podcast to him just sounds like a, a truck's honking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember what the $100 I threw at somebody was. I got back to the car rental place, and they were like, oh, you're two hours late dropping the car off. It's an extra day, and it costs $100. And I was like, well, seriously, $100 for, for being two hours late? Uh-huh. And they were like, it's right here in the contract, sir. And I was like, yeah, I don't read your stinking contracts. And I stood there, and I was like, okay, I can get all heated up about this. I get mad. You just peel off, two, just peel, peel off a couple of the C notes and walk away. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I used to demand satisfaction in a situation like this. You sure did. But now the satisfaction comes from from flipping another hundred through the window mm-hmm. and being like, this problem is gone. It costs $100. And mm. I'm not talking about $100. You know, there are going to be people listening to this podcast that are like, well, it's nice if you can afford to throw $100. It's fine, fine for John Roderick. That's right. But the problem is that everybody's budgeting to do things and they're and, and these $100 bills, they're spending them too. They're just in different categories. They don't see it as peel off 100 throw at it, throw it at a thing, and the problem is solved. They're like, well, and then there's $100 budgeted for this and for that and for this and for that. It's like if you buy those tickets six months ahead of time, they're not any cheaper. It doesn't give you any relief from anxiety to have all that stuff in a folder sitting on the sitting on your desk, this is my trip six months from now, and I've got it all squared away. At least for me, it doesn't. It's cheaper to just to just spend that $100 in, in terms of like, right, let me through this, let me, let me through this little portal. Let me through your spider web. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. TSA pre-check. Yeah. Just get her done. Get her done. Get her done. Yeah. We went Get through that. <clears throat> we went to Disneyland, as I me- I've mentioned off air. Um, we went to Disneyland a few weeks ago for the first time, and I, I, I felt something similar, where I had, I had basically said that in order to have this trip and for me to not be stressful, this is actually something I've learned from our friend John Syracuse, which mm. is like, be a rational person all the time. And here's your rationality. When it's time to go on vacation, be prepared and plan for everything to cost way more than you expected. Mm-hmm. Like, build that into the budget. Don't take the trip until you know you can spend way more than you think you should. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't just buy a bunch of shit, still, you're still going to have the $100 problem everywhere you go, as in, you know, in your parlance. And I, we had a wonderful trip, partly because I just got used to, like, well, that meal cost $100. Shit. Yeah. 
Like yep. she just had macaroni again, and somehow we spent a hundred dollars. I'm not yep. sure how that happened. <laughs> yep, because it was eighteen eighteen dollar macaroni because it had two bacon bits on it. Mm. Yeah, well, and and I think I think part of it for me is that I'm just budgeting my money toward living this life rather than budgeting money toward living a different life. Well, you need to get one of those jobs where you circle back with people about how the forms are going. I can't stop. I got to tell you, buddy, I can't stop thinking about that. You make money in your job. God bless you. God bless you. You make money in your job when I'm not doing mine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's vexing to me. I don't want to take you off your Peggy Sue or, no. or your, your potty cam, but my goodness, that frustrates me. Well, you see them all the time. You see them walking around with their jobs, uh, making money, doing nothing. It's really changed a lot of what I do uh, because, I, you know, this could be a personality flaw where I just don't have, I don't have the patience to, in the worst case, have a series of phone calls with different people for six months about whether something will happen. Ugh. And then you go through what I learned was eventually it's called the engagement process, which is where we figure out if the thing we definitely, we took six months deciding we definitely want to do with you, whether that money exists and who could potentially pay for it. Even <laughs> though we've spent that entire amount of money months ago on the amount of time that you guys were in meetings about whether you wanted to do this. See, that's when you're, when you're a loser like us, who's never going to retire, that's the way you think. But mm -hmm. they're, they're on a different level, you know? When, when, I, when I did this, uh, this little television talk show thing, did I ever tell you about the... the um, I was, I arrived for wardrobe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked about Jeannie Turner. Yeah, they were fitting me. Mm -hmm, they were fitting me at wardrobe, and, and somebody came out, and they were, I was interacting with about five people at this point. The producer, the writer, the producer's assistant, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the representative from the agency, the representative from the other agency. And someone That's came the one you got to watch for. <laughs> yeah, someone came out and said, well, they're all having a meeting right here, right next to where we are and uh, they'd really like to meet you there uh, and i think that uh, in a minute they're going to be ready for you mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i had other stuff to do the wardrobe person was putting shoes on me and uh, i was like oh all right when they're ready to talk to me i guess i'm here already and i'm not being paid for this day right this mm. is they, they they this is pro bono out of your like help arts in the city work yeah and but they contracted me for two days worth of work and then they said, but there's going to be a fitting day. I'm like, all right. All right. Fitting day, they're not paying me for the fitting day. That's just, you know, that's presumed. I oh, guess. so there's some money in it, but it's very circumscribed. Like oh, this. I'm making money for, for day two and day three, but this is oh, day okay. one. Okay, I see, I see, I see. This is day one, this is the fitting day, and I'm not getting paid for this. And that was fine. I was like, sure, I'll go for the fitting day. But then they're like, okay, we're, they're, they're about ready to meet you. And the person that said that walked away and went through a door. And somebody else came out. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm the person that's doing this. They're going to meet. They're, they are about ready to meet you. And then that person walked away and went through a different door. I got shoes put on me and a tie put on me. And I was like, I'm having a fine time. Somebody came and asked me if I wanted a wrap. And I said, I'll have a wrap. Oh, one of the, oh, wraps. Chicken, oh, sure, chicken sure. Wrap? It's, like, it's like a burrito sandwich. Sure, get me a chicken wrap. That's Ugh. wonderful. Thank you. And then they realized that there was just a tray of wraps in the kitchen that hadn't been eaten by, by the they. Ugh. I was like, I'll take one of your old wraps. <laughs> so I'm eating, sitting there with new shoes on, eating an old wrap, and finally somebody comes out and says, um, it's going to be a minute. They're not sure if they, you know, they're not sure if they're ready to see you yet. 
I'm sorry, I'm already losing the thread here. Who are they and why do they need to talk to you? I had no idea either. But it's but the implication is, or what you inferred, is that these are some kind of big stakeholders in whoever's behind the scenes, behind the scenes. Right. And it's going to be like kind of a meet and greet and maybe a little bit of like, here's the, here's the reason for the season. Yeah, exactly. All and right. my assumption in all these situations is, is, look, I'm the talent. I'm the one they want to meet. I don't care who they are. They could be president of the goddamn world. It could be Sergey Brin sitting on a magic carpet, sitting Indian style on a floating magic carpet. He's going to want to meet me because I'm the talent. Sure. Crisscross applesauce. Bring him in. So I'm out there and I'm like, hey, I'm not getting paid for today already. Whoever's timeline we're working on is fine with me. Part of my brand Mm. is that I don't give a fuck. I got a used wrap here and a pair of new shoes. And I'm already negotiating with the costume lady that I'm going to get to keep these shoes at the end of the shoot. You think that's her decision? Well, so I lean in and I go, what do I got to do to keep these shoes? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I got this budget. I got this and that. I do the, blah, 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 blah. I don't know about it. It's going to be tough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but I'm going to keep these shoes, right? And she's like, well, I can talk to the guy. I can do this. I'm a nun and then you're, you're doing a little bit of a Jedi mind trick on her. Well, see, the thing is, I know that's not her decision. And I don't want to put her in, in a, in an awkward position. I'm just sowing the seeds so the first person I talked to already thinks that I'm going to keep the shoes. Eventually what happens is the person, I figure out who the person in charge of that process is. Later on in the production, a day and a half later, and I'm like, I love these shoes. How about me keep these shoes? And that person by that point in time is so focused on keeping me happy mm-hmm. because they've been bringing me waters the whole time even oh, though it's below their pay grade they're doing it because i'm the talent you developed a relationship they got some skin mm-hmm. in the game and then that person makes the decision like this what you want the shoes oh yeah done and the and the wardrobe ladies standing there and the production people are all standing around and they heard the person say it and then i just walk out in the shoes i don't there's no form to sign at that point mm-hmm because the person already, the, the, the person who's bringing me the water said so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'm sitting in this room, and finally someone comes out and says, they're ready to see you now. I'm like, I'm ready to see them. And it was ostensibly that I was going to come in and show them the costume, and they were going to decide that the suit was right. Huh. Right? So, right. so I'm, I'm realizing, like, oh, this is... Um, this is a situation where they want to meet me and they want to be entertained by me, but, but they've justified it as that I'm walking in there like a, like a monkey talent, mm-hmm. like a dumb mannequin to yeah. show them my clothes. Oh, that, that seems like a status move a little bit. Yep, 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 yep. And so I walk in and you will not believe it. A U-shaped table... There's 20 people. Sitting. Oh, for goodness sake. 20 people i walk in i'm i i like am taken aback holy shit this is a big meeting room and there's 20 people in here there's there's the row of stakeholders in the chairs around the u and then there's a then there's the back row of chairs of their assistants or somebody i don't know people with people that are actually holding pieces of paper what's what, what do all those people do well there's the agency person oh there's the, sure you got the there's agency. the person from the other agency yes there's the person from the the client. There's the client side person. There's the other. There's the person from the other client. There's the people that were contracted. There's the boss. 
There's the boss lady who's above the boss. Oh, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, Head lady boss ev- in charge. And the thing is, everybody in this room is in charge, right? All the people that aren't in charge are outside the room mm-hmm. running around telling me when things are going to happen. And so, you know, of course, I walk in and I go, hey, hey, it's Dave Roderick. How are you? You want to see my costume? Let me turn around. You, do these pants look good on my ass? And everybody is immediately disarmed and charmed because the talent is fun. And then I say, I'm keeping the shoes. And every single one of the 20 people, they go around the table and everybody's got something to say. Mm. There's a person from California that has very, very casual hair. You know, somebody that used to work at Geffen who's not wearing socks. And then there's the person that is very, you know, like high and tight haircut who came from New York. Every single one of those has, a, has some kind of say in the decision. And as I'm standing there in front of them doing this little dance, not getting paid for today because it's a fitting day, I look around the room and I'm like, mm, the, the top person in this room is probably making $700,000 a year. Yeah. The bottom person in this room is making $220,000 a year. And I'm not getting $750 for today because it's a fitting day. Well, okay. And like, here's the thing. Uh, from, from me being a karma suck, you know, being the Holden Caulfield of the operation, if somebody said to me, hey, what if we paid you whatever your dingling rate is mm-hmm. to come and be fitted with clothes for a day and then be inspected by a crew of people at our leisure and to give you notes? If somebody gave me that as the entire proposition, I would say, fuck no. <laughs> Let alone, will you then go do a talk show on the back of a truck? I'm just here to say, like, when you look at it from that point of view, no, you couldn't pay me to do that. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, but, oh, oh, this is just a little bit of, a uh, little bit of extra. It's kind of like saying, like, hey, we're going to pay you uh, uh, to come over. Uh, we're going to pay you to, to come to our house and, uh, and watch the prices right. Oh, but also there's a day where you uh, paint the exterior of our house. I figured you'd know. I figured you'd know that that's pretty standard in the industry. <laughs> I wasn't so sure about that exterior house painting stuff. Well, and that's that's why in those situations I'm like I I feel I feel no shame about taking these shoes, none at all. I feel no shame about about asserting the fact that even though everybody in this room has a 401k, everyone in this room is going to retire one day. Yeah. I walk in and say, look at my ass, you dummies. <laughs> what are they going to do, replace you? Yeah, exactly. I'm the talent. You're like Greg Brady. You fit the shoes. Yeah. How do you, yeah. Like, how do you like them? How do you like me now? Yeah. What if I pull these pants up really high? Is that funny to That's you? That's a really interesting point. Here's my ass. Am I a clown to you? Any questions? Do I make you laugh? Have a little more ass. I'm keeping and, these fucking shoes. And they can't do anything. What All they, they can what, do is laugh. What are they, they going to do? Say, tone it down? Fuck yeah. you. Look at my ass again. Because I went to high school with these same people. You just you sure did. Yeah. You're they Peggy wanna, Sue. That's right. I'm the Peggy Sue in this story. <laughs> I'm scared to go back to my reunion because I just got divorced from my husband of 35 years. Yeah. It's my 25th reunion. Greg and I don't really talk much anymore. Complicated. I, was, I, I told you right that I went to a Denny's a couple of years ago, and the mm. server came over, mm-hmm. and he was he was wearing a, a, a and I recognized that the server was about my age, 
And then I looked at his name tag and it said, Denny's employee since 1986. And I was like, that's the year I graduated from high school. Mm. Oh shit, that's the year he graduated from high school. Absolutely. (gasps) And I I ordered a pancake Mm -hmm. and I had a real moment Mm -hmm. of, uh, of feeling like, all that, all that time that I felt like I was just throwing time down a, down a turlet? Sure. Well, there's another, there's an alternate universe, Black Mirror version of this, where what if we lived in a world where each of us had to wear a name tag about the thing we'd mostly done since high school? In that case, his was pretty simple. His might actually seem pretty honorable. Yeah. I have worked at this location since then. Yeah. Somehow managing to fuck it up since 1986. And what would your name tag say? That's pretty much it. It might be, it might be, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be something along the lines of, you know, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory since 1986. (laughs) (laughs) Not working up to his potential since 1986. Yeah. For me, it's 85. That's interesting. So you, you're, you were young for your grade. I was old for mine. And we graduated a year apart. That's interesting. I graduated in 85. 85. I always thought 85 was a good year, although... It was a terrible uh, year. We were, I, I'm the bottom of the barrel for every part of my generation. Also, our, our school colors were uh, green and yellow, and not a nice green or a nice yellow. I always thought green and yellow was like, if a high school had green and yellow, it was, uh, by that point in time, all the other color schemes had been taken by better high schools, and somebody was just looking at a palette wheel oh it's like they found it it's like from lost and found who picks green and yellow and it was like a kind of like a sickly yellow that looks like you got some kind of like a like a liver problem yellow yeah and i think i told you this one before but when i was in 10th grade they made painters hats for school spirit and sold them and they misspelled the name of the mascots on the back so you know six six hundred and seventy people had sure had uh had had painters hats that said boussineers on it (laughs) one c Oh, the Boussineers. Hey, 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 where are the Buccaneers? <laughs> the Boussineers. The Boussineers. <laughs> but at least where you were going to school, there were historical Boussineers. No, I think they just called it that because of the uh, the football team. I don't know. That's a, You know what? That's a really good point. Because the football team from Tampa, I think, came around in the 70s. Tampa Bay Boussineers. The Tampa Bay Boussineers. And I think my high school predated that. So I don't know if they did a pivot to become Boussineers. They might they might have been the you know the New Jersey retirees up till then. I'm not sure. Something more appropriate for the setting. In Anchorage in the 70s, I was in a little league baseball team that was called the Padres. The oh the the pot oh oh I see I'm for some reason I thought that was a Star Wars reference. Yeah, yeah, okay, like like this like the San Diego's. San Diego Padres. Yeah. Which in San Diego makes sense because you got, pod, you got missions and stuff. That's right. There's some historical padre. Yeah. But there are no padres in, in You think we uh, had any fucking boussineers in Newport Ritchie? <laughs> I felt I felt very much like uh, I was very confused because we also kept the colors of the padres. Which were oh, that's sou- shameful. Southwestern orange <gasps> and brown. Boo. And, Boo. Uh, you would yeah. look good in the Astros. I think 70s throwback Houston Astros colors would have looked really cool. You guys could have been the Astros. That would have been cool. Well, but there's no... Like the Houston Astros were the Astros because Astro is short for astronaut. Because of space. And Houston is Space Town, USA. Mm. Well, the Anchorage team should have been... 
either the East High oil profiteers <laughs> or uh, the East High genocidists. Oh, that's uh, nice. You know, the, the East High. East High uh, I, the, you know, you could get one of those names like, you know, Stanford's team is the Cardinal. They have one of those cool, like, plural names. You uh, could have been the East High Awkward Silence. East High that Awkward Silence. That sounds like a Doctor Who villain. <laughs> the East High Assimilationist. Uh-huh. Uh, the East High uh, Chevy Shortbeds. Mm, the Chevy right? Shorts. Because it was the early 80s. Sure. And what you want... Oh, no. We would have been the Chevy Stepsides. Oh, the Stepsides. The Stepsides sounds a little fancy. You could have had top hats. Right? The Stepsides. That sounds like a gang from the Warriors a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Right? The Stepsides. <laughs> they wear baseball shirts and top hats, and their weapon of choice is the feather duster. Stepsides. Come out and discuss the property lines. <laughs> they're all spinning feather dusters, and you're like, feather duster? And then they put it right in your face, and they're like, ow. And then you're like, touch. They kick in the balls. That's uh, kind of asynchronous uh, gang warfare. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I was thinking about this the other day. What yeah. happened to the stepside pickup? Stepside pickup. <clears throat> that's decades. when you get one of those big ones that's got a step. Well, you know, it's like the one where the uh, wheel wells in the back stick out because the bed itself is made uh, smaller, right? Like, a, like Google's stepside pickup. Hmm. You're going to see that it is the classic pickup look. Well, because the thing about clearance is you're constrained by axles. The only way to get your axle... This is, that, this and is, that, that's the Guns N' Roses story. That, <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's good. You're done. You're done. Go heal.